0: We got so excited to record to make my microphone sound less like a pile of dog shit. Well, we were just getting ready with our beautiful notes for this week's Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling. Episode 28. (sighs) What's going on, James? How you doing? And you're Sean. And I'm Sean. And this is the podcast where me and James go through season one of Lucha Underground. Thank you, El Rey Network. Robert Rodriguez, you've done it again. Oh man,
1: Desperado, till dusk till dawn. All Spy Mm -hmm. Kids-related media,
0: every single one. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. He's got the
1: look. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That'd be wild if it looked so much like Spy Kids and it was just some other guy entirely.
1: You want to know what? Spy Kids walked so Sin City could run. That is a true
0: statement. And the cinephiles aren't ready to talk about it yet. But you Uh know what? Here we are talking about it. Uh-huh. So That's talk about it, James? Machete
1: swiped so um the faculty could be made 10 years prior. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I forgot. I was like, I don't know any of the like his horror movies post Machete. I, I think I need to go back to the faculty.
0: Planet Terror is one, I think. Okay. Yeah. He cut off His own daughter's leg so that she could have a gun for a leg. I think Nicole
1: has that and was like, we got to watch this. But now that I know it's Robert Rodriguez, I'm going to check it
0: out. Let's go. It's fun. I remember, I think I watched it in college and I had a good time. But back in college, I didn't know that I needed this hot, hot lucha action in the middle of an abandoned temple in Boyle Heights, Los Angeles. Do you like how I swerved back to the, 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 the talking points? Hated it. Oh, okay. We need to bloat
1: this episode, John. I'm
0: kidding. It's the
1: opposite. I have a recording in an hour. <laughs> All right. And uh, I, well, I also just drank a bunch of coffee, so I'm fingers crossed you don't have to be here for like 15 minutes just vamping while I use the bathroom.
0: Let's find out. <gasps> Before we break it down, uh, fun episode. Oh, yeah. Very story-heavy episode. A lot oh, of yeah. A lot of backstage stuff. All of them, I think, yeah, because there were only three matches or four matches tonight. Really short matches. Uh Uh-huh. Except for the last one, which blew it out of the water. I mean, it's still a short match
1: for a championship match. Think of if you were to be watching WrestleMania and you're like, whoa, this is a championship match. Everything's been leading up to this. Ho-ho! 35 minutes. But you're also... Well, actually... I don't think WWE
0: ever really wins, goes for 35 minutes.
1: There was a tables, ladders, chair match between – John. I think it was John Cena and CM Punk, or it was John uh, John Cena and Randy Orton match from, like, 2009, 2010 that was so, so long. And I was just mm-hmm. with my friend Cord being like, why is this still going? Everyone has used their finishing move possibly three times each.
0: Yeah, man. I always – I always look at my mirror every day and say, you make sure you don't let people know how much you love Okada and Omega going for an hour at the Tokyo Dome. Ugh. I love it. But it's stylistically. Okay. Um, also, there is a difference between like television and pay-per-views, I guess, too. Yeah. Where there 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 is an era of finality to a pay-per-view. We still got a couple episodes before the season finale. So this being so this being like and also the trios division, it's weird. Cause the trios division is not as uh, high end as luxurious maybe as the singles division is right now. Mm-hmm. Like there is still there are some still comedy goof em ups with this here odd thruple, but we'll get to them. But to get to them, we gotta start at the desk. With Mad Stryker's new hand sign, he tries out he tries out a little L and a U with his fingers. He goes he shrugs, he's like, oh well, I guess that's not it yet. And then Vampiro is in a good mood tonight. Hell yeah! That one bricked, and I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Can you give me a good hell yeah?
1: Oh, hell yeah. He was so
0: (laughs) angry to be accused of being in a good mood.
1: Uh, Yeah, he he was so well prepared and just, again, the little brother energy. Whenever Matt Stryker (laughs) is talking, he does not know what to do with himself, so he just mimes what is going on. And Vampiro mm-hmm. is a goddamn professional broadcaster who is welcome here anytime he wants because as soon, as, like if he's about to talk but then hears Matt Stryker start talking, he immediately shuts up. He knows not to talk over other people and I was like, yes, yeah, Vampiro. Yeah, i you finish that. Yep, right. Shut All right. the fuck up. I knew okay. you were going to do that bit. What? <laughs> yes.
0: huh? the way. Yes. Vampiro is absolutely welcome here. Also, something I found out since the last time we recorded is... So, uh, there there are essentially two versions of every episode of Lucha Underground. An English version and a Spanish version. Whoa! And not just, like, we dub... Uh, some people get dubbed over. Uh, we'll see later El Dragon Azteca very much was just dubbed over. Oh, yeah. But for, for the most part, it's all... Like, all the backstage scenes... They film twice in Spanish and English. Whoa! All of the commentary is done twice. And guess who's on both? Is it Vampiro? It's motherfucking Vampiro, Whoa, baby! So, yeah. who's Vampiro's commentary? Partner. It was, oh my gosh, and I knew this, it was an ex-WWE, Hugo uh, Savinovich, I think, Okay, who used to do Spanish commentary for WWE, but yeah, for, so Vampiro is not, like, for Vampiro to have this, like, just high energy, angry to be this in a good mood, ener- like, energy, and carry it over for two records is, that's kind of crazy, that's so impressive to me. Vampiro, you are absolutely welcome on this channel anytime you're doing the Lord's work. And he's shouting out Robert Trujillo again, which is very important to me. And credits Metallica. And credits Metallica. <laughs> Howard Kramer
1: on Drop Date Duel. It was Metallica versus some other thrash metal band. And kept, like, not making a, a, like a joke out of it. Just kept saying Metallica as if he had never heard it pronounced out loud, but was so funny because he wasn't saying it like it's a joke, just saying it as yeah. if that's the name of the band.
0: <laughs> I got confused because there is a wrestler whose name is Metalique. And that's not what you said, but it was very close. And I was, anyway, we have a match tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. And Vampiro has King Donkey Kong energy because he starts like
0: going, Rrr! pounding his chest. He's in such a good mood. Like, that's what I love about Vampiro is that when he is in a good mood, he's angry with how good of a mood he's in. He's not he's not angry and in a bad mood. He's angry because of how just joyous he is. Imagine this,
1: if Vampiro were on this show, Sean mm. would be so bombarded with the same energy from Vampiro and I just constantly
0: it, coming at him. It would be menacing if Vampiro <laughs> ever uh, guested on a on on a pismis, I think he would, oh, it would be, it would be unlistenable in the most exciting way possible.
1: I mean, for Pissmas, I am the most reserved. Like, I sit back because there are so many people and I don't want to talk over people. So just imagining a world where, like, vampire. if it was just Vampiro, myself, Nicole, and you, possibly. But once we start getting into, like, the five or six guest piss episodes that i'm
0: like i mm. do i don't want to talk i thought about doing the bit again and i'm glad i did it because <laughs> i'm so excited for this first match a debuting match a first of marty the moth martinez or marty Mar- marty the moth mm-hmm. also known as marty Casau. make sure you check him out on twitch i like that guy marty already in the ring Inhaling ring announcer Melissa Santos's perfume while flapping his meaty moth arms, he—this is a creepy little man. Yeah, you can't be an interloper here, unwelcomed,
1: and be a creep just sucking <laughs> in the air of someone's hair in front of you. Well, all like kind of rubbing your dick on her butt.
0: Yeah, sniffing her hair. Really grinding on that ass and flapping his, and the thing is at least those are two, like, I've seen people do that. I know that I know that to be a form of human behavior. But to add in the flapping of the arms, this is a silly, creepy little man. Okay, Sean. Um, I thought mm-hmm. you were
1: going to say, and, like, I've seen moths do all that stuff, and I was like, okay, I can, the flapping, yes, the sniffing hair, possibly, like, they get into, mm-hmm. you know, people's stuff, but the rubbing of on the butts, but then I could tell a story where I was oh, working yeah. at a construction site, and mm-hmm. we were in the basement, this would have been, like, the drywall is up and everything else is starting to be placed in. I was installing a, an industrial-sized trash chute mm-hmm. with my father. He says, hey, go upstairs and, like, weasel down – yeah, I know the terms. Weasel down a, a this, uh, this cable, this crank cable to, like, go up. I'm like, awesome. And, like, my back feels, like, heavy, but I don't know what it is. We were in the basement. So, like, I come back down and – like, I'm looking at something else, and my dad goes, James, there is a giant moth on your back. And I am freaked out of moths. I start freaking out, and this moth was, like, this big, like a, like a small size dinner plate on my yeah. back. And I'm like, no, it was
0: humping my butt. <laughs> It was Marty the Moth. I know he polymorphed. Yeah, just like just like how he got into Lucha Underground, he was a super fan that hung out mm-hmm. that hung outside the building, then interfered in a triple threat match and decided to break into the business. Yeah. And your dad is Dario Cueto, who booked him to uh, hump your back. The metaphor fell apart. And who am I in this scenario? Marty the Moth's first opponent, of course, the what? Lucha. No. Underground champion. Oh. oh, okay. This is how I thought you were trying to get us back to talking about the match.
1: No, I am, but who uh, Who in this scenario, if
0: he's humping my back, who would I be? Okay, you're Melissa Santos. Yes, boy, don't I wish. And his opponent tonight, <laughs> the Lucha Underground champion, Prince Puma, of course, of course, with the only thing Vampiro does not like about him. Conan in the corner. Mm-hmm. I like this as a. I like this as a first match as a sort of. Hey, welcome to the temple. Here's the fucking champion. Yeah, like you're like that's the thing. You're a creep, but thankfully we're in a combat sports. Mm-hmm. So by giving you an opportunity, we're giving you a chance, and we're also taking a giant dump on your chest. By having, having Prince Puma kick your ass.
1: I think, like, ten episodes ago, this matchup wouldn't have been with Puma to show, like, this is what the temple's all about. It would have been with
0: Mill. It would have been with Mill. Yeah, ten weeks ago, because I was going to say Cage, but Cage doesn't come in until, I think that's week five or so. So, yeah, Mill would have been a good one. Yeah. But they're also setting this guy up in a way. Well, uh, we'll get into the match a little bit. Conan immediately tells Puma, this guy's a joke. Treat him like a joke. But Puma's Puma. He offers the handshake. Mm-hmm. But, hey, Sean, that's reviews of our uh,
1: podcast.
0: Hey, wait, what was... Oh. We are a joke, so treat us treat like Treat these guys, guys like jokes? Yeah. Hey, that's reviews on my... What the girls at the Bunny Ranch say about me every time I come through. Is the Bunny Ranch still a thing? The Bunny Ranch absolutely is not a thing anymore. Oh.
1: All right. Anyway. They're so just hanging out with um, <laughs> um, Anna
0: Ferris. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, Puma offers the handshake, but moths have got a hug. So mm-hmm. he just brings him in real tight. The temple faithful start chanting, kiss him, kiss him, kiss him. Mm-hmm. I start chanting, kiss him, kiss him. Uh, but instead, Marty's like, you know what? I, how about, let's get a camera. How often am I going to get a shot to get this a photo op with the champion like this? So he's like signaling a camera, give me a camera, and while Puma's confused, befuddled, baffled, lariat, Marty the Moth is not just a creepy little guy; he's a creepy little cheatier guy. He's using, he's using Puma's uh, sweetness against him. Good, it will yeah.
1: wise Puma up to uh, the snakes in the temple, mainly. Conan! Yeah, guys! <laughs> this is the episode I finally heed the words of my my mentor, Vampiro.
0: <laughs> Conan, Conan spends the entire match just kind of screaming at Puma. Like, really mm-hmm. barking orders at Puma. But Puma never really listens. There's a lot of like, stop! Why are you getting hit? Stop getting hit! And they call it out on commentary. There's a, a sort of a difference in like, where Puma's not so much listening to Conan as he's listening to the fr- to the fans to yes. the people,
1: I have written down Puma is a gladiator in the sense that like the that game Gladiator begins, I think is what it's called that I played on stream. You have to play as a gladiator going through all these gladiator matches. If you go in and just, you could, if you're strong enough, destroy someone in five seconds, you're not going to get all the money that is up for grabs because the audience needs to be entertained. They don't want to see a five second squash match and decapitate someone's head. No, they want to see it evolve. They want to see the story and Puma provides that.
0: Yeah, there's a Puma hits his blue thunder bomb. Conan's like, cover him, cover him. And there's a very sweet moment of Puma kind of looking past Conan to the audience, being like, but I could do a flip. Conan's just like, no, cover him, cover him. But but I could do a flip. And so he gets on the top turnbuckle, big 630 splash, finishes the moth at three minutes, uh, 50 seconds. We should say the
1: moth does have that hard hitting strong style from Japan.
0: Did they say that? No, I said we should say that. Why should we say that? Because he's he's hitting real hard. He's hitting pretty hard. I mean, everyone It's weird. I think most of the matches tonight are just like, it's so funny because that strong style, so much of it's like attributed to Japan, but I think a lot of it's just not the WWE style. Like we in this country and specifically those of us that grew up with WWE being our only company are so used to that style that we don't realize we're the weird ones. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like that's the thing. We, we don't realize that our like slowed down, maybe softened for TV style is actually the different style. Yeah. And then most other places are just like, nah, like make, make it look good.
1: It's like your grandfather finding out queer people exist. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a
0: perfect metaphor.
1: Yeah. Also, uh, we hinted last episode that I would come and kind of like detail and figure out why Vampiro and Conan have beef. However, mm-hmm. it is a goddamn storybook so we will be doing a bonus episode on this feed sometime in the future once I have just all of it plotted out because there's so much stuff this is one detail that I will say Conan was like Vampiro was a loner he didn't have a lot of friends and Promotions would set him up with specific people to kind of be his babysitter. The only friend, Conan says this the only friend I ever saw Vampiro have as a legitimate friend. Who was was it? Insane clown. Uh, No, this was before WCW. I don't know. Uh, So who was it, Sean? You know this person. Very. Oh, oh, oh.
0: I know. Shaggy 2 Dope and Violent J of the (laughs) Insane. Think back. My axe is my homie. uh,
1: It was a wrestler you always mentioned, and it was a wrestler who came up in a Vampiro thing that we watched.
0: Oh, yo, it's not. Is it Black Magic Norman Smiley? Yeah, he said the only friend Vampiro
1: ever (laughs) was seen having was Norman Smiley, which makes sense. That's why he was
0: in that movie. Norman Smiley is the fucking, he's the only friend I need if I was a a wrestler in Mexico during the late 80s, early 90s. God, I would
1: love to go back in time. And like, that's, I wish we could live during that time.
0: I wish I could have been Vampiro's second friend, but it's really just so I can get closer to Norman Smiley. (laughs) Vampiro, I'm sorry. I just really love Norman. He's awesome. He's the wiggle, man. Oh, that's so Vampiro, cool. Vampiro, I wish I could be your friend <laughs> so I could shit talk Conan too. Yeah, and maybe shit, but me, but Conan's going to be busy shit talking Hernandez, who appears at the top of the ramp after the match. Hernandez, of course, the number one contender, formerly Conan's boy, but now Conan realized he's just a bitch and Hernandez or and Conan calls Hernandez out right now crowd get real into it they shout uh cuero conan shouts rla and hernandez walks away so you know they're still mad at each other
1: oh you missed a quote that i was like this is very good conan says you make
0: lambs look dangerous (laughs) i mean conan conan is a great talker like it's so funny like like i'm very glad they put him with puma the first couple of weeks it's so weird because conan is such like i mean conan was in the nwo black and red the wolf pack which was kevin nash sting luger like the, when nwo when when nwo got kind of too hogan mm-hmm. this is a very anti hogan take on the nwo all you hoganites out there i don't apologize but i get why you'd be mad at me when it got a little too, you know and hogan is always a little cheesy a little corny Kevin Nash sort of broke off into the black and red with Conan and the other names I mentioned. And that was like, that became the merch seller real quick. That very, that very quickly became the cool NWO and Conan like ever since has been riding that wave of like, like even when he's a baby face, still being kind of a badass. Mm-hmm. you know, with three live crew with filthy animals, like his, like, so like him being this kind of like, you know, like Fuck you! I do what I want. Grab rolling, rolling lariat. Grab my nuts, versus Puma, who is just white meat, very like baby face, like super like Clark Kent. Drinks the whole milk. Believes in Santa Claus. Still style baby face. They definitely contrast, but it's really nice. Yeah, I will also say in my research,
1: I saw what is credited at least in WCW as vampiro and conan's first match and it is intense
0: oh in wcw yeah do you remember what year it was no all right i want to say i mean i'm surprised i want to be surprised vampiro especially i don't know enough about vampiro but like learning that part that he was always kind of a loner those are the people that usually have that chip on the shoulder to prove Mm -hmm. and getting on television is such a like a well, yeah, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. I need, I want people to, I, I want to get booked. Even if I don't get booked here, at least I have a television match that other places can look at and be like, yeah, this guy looks awesome. Yeah,
1: it was real uh, good. Yeah, yeah. And I re-listened to the song he's on with Insane Clown Posse and Twisted and Blazy Dead Homie. I need to send you yeah, yeah. that because it, like, he's the did intro. We, it's, it's baffling. Did we not listen to? That's one of the uh, Lotus. Nope. Really? Because it, it was on Freak Show, one of Twisted Solo albums.
0: Oh, yeah, you absolutely have to send me that. And we have to get to this Vampiro sit-down interview with Johnny Mundo. Oh,
1: real quick. Yes? W- this Hernandez interaction made me think Conan is playing Puma. But we'll talk more about that when it if it ever comes up.
0: Yeah, I'll say this. It's... I haven't seen anything specifically give it away, give it away now, but based on Conan and what I know about Conan, I assume Conan will betray Puma. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just, I feel, I just feel that in my bones.
1: Oh, so lambs have a strong (laughs) neck. They can ram you. So maybe calm down. They are dangerous. Yeah. I mean, ba-lam you. All lambs, to be true. <laughs> I was going to say all lambs are dangerous. All animals are dangerous when they're wild, guys.
0: Yeah. The most dangerous animal in wild? Man. Uh-huh. And Johnny Mundo's. Ooh. Who attacked Alberto? Uh, a quick little reminder. Oh, actually, we'll we'll get into it in the interview. Vampiro has, uh, has a sit down with Johnny. The office windows now all boarded up after Johnny smashed Alberto's face through it last week. In Alberto's no disqualification number one contendership match, Vampira wants to know why Johnny Mundo uh, lets him know he came down here to prove that he's the best in the world, and he has. Therefore, no one else is as good as me. is like, but 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 the window. Alberto's and windows are expensive. Answer the question. And Bundo continues kind of dodge. He goes, "Well, I've known Alberto a long time. I had to make a statement. That was a statement." But he's he's very cool. He's very laid back. Uh, he's very calculated. And I'm sa- Vampiro. I am saying this not not to just trash on you, but just as a criticism. You could calm down a little bit. <laughs> Vampiro gets like it's weird. He's imprinting. He's projecting a lot on a Johnny in this interview. I don't know if you noticed it. Because he goes, like, he puts down the paper. He's like, all right, now don't swing at me. Now, please calm down. Guy who has really exhibited no signs of anger. <laughs> like, his, a guy who has been calm, collected, controlled this entire interview. Please don't be angry with, like, he keeps, he keeps like, imprinting this anger onto Johnny. Which is a very old school way of turning babyface to heel. Of like, oh, and he's so angry, he just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like I feel like I feel like there was some old schoolness back there of like, and you really need to fire up in this interview. And Johnny, I don't think needs to. I don't think he needs to be an angry bad guy. No. Like I think what he's doing here of being like, Well, no, I'm I, I think I'm better than everyone. Like, sort of, I'm above it all of uh, really like like snob. And snobs aren't, when I think of a snob, I don't usually think of an angry, scary, bad guy. Yeah. I think of, I think it's, it's less about being scared of him. It's more about like, I kind of want to see him get his punch, his face punched in. Yeah. Because he's just so smarky. And it's like, so, so, and, and but it's like, I've. It's so odd for Vampiro to just be like, oh, no, don't please don't hit. Oh, no, Johnny, don't do it. Johnny, don't do it. And Johnny's just like sitting there casually sipping tea. It's weird. OK, so we had a, di- a slightly different
1: upbringing in the sense of our schooling. You went to Catholic school. I did. I went to public school. So I got none of what you are saying from Vampiro he is acting, and I don't know if you got in trouble and were sent to the principal's office, like, once at, once a week usually, correct? No? Uh, No, I was a pretty good kid. Okay, well, I was not especially, like, into up through middle school. Vampiro was talking exactly like an assistant principal or vice principal of an, like, intermediate to middle school. Because th- I'm like, holy shit, he's talking like, hey, you want to know what? I just... You're not telling me what you are really thinking. Like I just need to know
0: why you're saying the how, but not the why. I think that would be that would be fair because he is doing that, and that's awesome. Because the final the final question is like, I he finally kind of gets to it. He said he asks now. Don't hit me, but are you jealous? Like is this is this what this is? It's jealousy? And Mundo clears that up. It's ah uh, like, are you jealous of El Patron? In such a perfect way of, this is summing it up,
1: I don't give a shit about what he did or who his
0: daddy is. Yeah, I love... Actually, this is the one time I wrote down, like, uh, his quotes here are perfect. Mm -hmm. El Patron, word for word, I'm going to cut some stuff out, but El Patron is done. Maybe he thought I was someone from Catering who could slap around. I'm not. Uh, Alberto, and the the way, which is why, again, because he does... I think he does nail uh, that sort of vice principal energy of like, tell you saying the how you're dodging the questions, but tell me why. Mm -hmm. But he does. He is projecting this anger. That's not there, which is just, that's distracting. Like that's not, that is happening. I would, I would ask you to go back and double check that because he is like really pushing for, please don't hit me. And he's like, Not. He's so, like, he's really not bringing that, yeah, like, he's making it feel like Johnny's acting out of a place of impulsiveness, where that's not the energy I'm getting from this interview and Johnny's character at all right now.
1: Uh, That's also what assistant vice principals would do. It's also not a vice principal, like, I'm not using those words interchangeable with assistant and vice principal. I'm specifically talking about assistant vice principals
0: mm-hmm someone who's like someone who's like just who's like so low enough on the pecking order that their job is to interact with students yeah but like, the thing that like gets me like yeah it's not that he's jealous of alberto he's done with alberto the way johnny sort of uh serves this backhanded compliment alberto is a naturally gifted second generation luchador They're kind words but you put it apart he didn't have to work hard to get good he didn't have to work hard for his opportunities like like that like is is it it's like and and that's why it's like yeah that's why he's not an angry like sort of force to be reckoned with he's very cunning he's manipulating and i love that i love how it ends oh my gosh yeah it's uh he just lets him know johnny mundo is the biggest star in lucha underground this is my world cut to the close-up but you already knew that. Wink chimes in the background. It's like a Looney Tunes wink, guys. He has huge character developments for the supernatural in this temple. Johnny A has a catchphrase now, but you already knew that. And he has post-production superpowers. Like he ha- I don't know what a wink with chimes mean in the grand scheme of superpowers but johnny has a new superpower and i'm i'm terrified to find out mm-hmm. yeah i think it's, inter- it's interesting we do have different takes on it i think i like what johnny's doing i don't know if empyro totally got it but we'll see how it de- how it plays out <gasps> and we'll see what the office want to do with him speaking of the office <gasps> dario cueto is in the office Wait, with no, the crew. Yeah, he is.
1: No, he's not. On NBC's The Office? We're doing this bit again?
0: Yahoo! I thought I sandbagged it strongly last week. <laughs> uh, Dario Cueto is hanging out with Stanley and Michael and the crew who listen to Dario describe an ancient ritual sacrifice. Dario demands a sacrifice to be made in the main event tonight, the latter trio's title match against the Anthropel. And if they do not... Even the gods will be angered, and Dario knows someone who has no problem sacrificing the crew. He was very much sounding like a cult leader because the
1: direct quote was, "You won't anger just me, but the gods too."
0: Yeah, it's funny because I think, unlike most cult leaders, Dario does have some powerful magic behind him. Yeah, it's like not just it's not just a multi-level marketing scheme. But he does behave like it's, he has the powers of an actual supernatural villain, but he does everything like a very cheap suited cult leader. And is, oh, Dario's such a fun character. Dario for the next Marvel movie. I'm calling it Dario oh, Plato yeah. versus the Fantastic Four.
1: Oh, uh, he'd be a very, vi- I don't know other enemies, but he would be maybe like right now. It's now seven years later, but during this time, he would have been
0: the right age for a Doctor Doom, Victor Von. I mean, you could I could cast as Victor Von Doom. I don't did they just get uh, King the Conqueror? And I only know so many Fantastic Four villains. Ooh, King of the Mole People. I'm thinking, no, he just is Dario Cueto. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even like that's, that was my initial intent. I just want him to play Dario Cueto. I think, a uh, mastermind of the Los Angeles real estate and supernatural division.
1: I, I think he would also make a good foil for an Iron Man of just being an arms
0: dealer. Yeah, oh, I think he also might be doing... What if he he would be
1: great in Lords of War, the sequel to Lord of War, the Nick Cage movie coming out in a few years?
0: Yeah, or Lords of Dogtown, the story of some of, some of the first three skateboarders in this country to really blow it up big. What if he, he could be a villain in so many movies? <laughs> I gotta see what else this man is in. Yeah, I'm curious. I think... Cause I, cause now he, I know now he's with MLW Major League Wrestling, playing a very similar version of this character. Okay, uh, yeah, I don't know what he's done outside of wrestling. While you set that up. I guess I'll I'll start setting up our next match. It's the rematch from last week: Delavar Davari versus Tejano. Oh, of course, Davari, uh, in his gold lame pants, his uh, glass of thinned gravy in hand. I again cannot put over how much I love this version of Davari. Of Just a very rich, well-to-do, trust fund kid who got lightly bumped at a wrestling show and it pissed him off so much he decided to become a wrestler. And he's picking a fight with the former AAA mega champion, freaking Tejano. He's either the bravest man in the world, this Davari, or the most foolish. But he's here uh, and he makes sure to hand his drink off screen before Tejano storms into the ring. Davari immediately powders out, lets Tejano chase t- him around the ring, and then catches the jump right at the bell. And that's really the story of the match. It's a lot of, of Devari actually, on top. Just sort of, like, taking rest holds and, like, really, really slowing things down and frustrating Tejano, who just wants to kick this dude's ass. I
1: gotta watch the Ginger Weed Man. It's a full moon feature. Oh, my God oh okay it's a short this dude is in captain america civil war is he really as he plays vision oh in civil war reenactors okay it's a oh uh tony hale and adam pally short from 2016 that's still
0: like this dude's like <laughs> he's awesome. in more impressive okay i mean i'm not surprised he's Cle- he's very good
1: i think he's, he's a com- very he's good he's in it's always so- i think this dude's a comedic actor who he's in documentary now yeah
0: this man might but is he like ucb and shit mike and molly i mean i wouldn't be especially in, he, like there's a very there's a real good chance he was he was like a dramatically trained got older got some ucb training because improv is great actor training mm-hmm. and then maybe just got cast a lot in comedies he's in jack and jill yeah, I wonder. Because like here's the thing, he's like I could see this dude and I wonder I'm curious about his training cuz like this is not necessarily a comedic role. It's wrestling, so there's melodrama, there is over the topness. It can be comedic, but like this is a great dramatic performance. Okay. Like, this is a great over the top dramatic performance.
1: He's probably second city or groundlings because he's in a lot of episodes as punked as a field agent and a oh, lot of yeah. dudes
0: Came from that if you were in there. He's probably the Dax Shepard school of silliness. Ah, like that? Yeah, just like that. Thank you for not sandbagging that bit. That I admit sucks. No, man, I I love everything you do. You I want to shut down the Dax Shepherd's school of silliness as soon as I said it. I want to shutter those windows. Kind of like I wanted to shutter this man. I like Divari. I like Tejano. I didn't love this match. Oh, I loved it. Really? I thought yeah. that was just kind of... To me, this was the one that... This match felt the most like a WWE match. It was a lot of heat, which is the bad guy just sort of slowly beating up the good guy. It didn't feel very exciting to me. Maybe it was just me, though. That could have just been me. I I just
1: got spoiled for something that happens in Lucha Underground, and I cannot wait for this thing to happen while reading Luis Fernandez Gill his uh, Wikipedia. It, it is fucking baffling. It's it's not a story. I mean, it's something story related, but it's another
0: character he plays. <laughs> oh my! Okay. Oh man! Wow. My mind is reeling. We gotta, we we gotta, we gotta keep going. <laughs> oh, dang, He holds a black belt in judo. That's awesome, James. At some point, thank you so much for doing this research on the fly. It was impressive. It was quick. It, it, like, it, 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 it. thank you so much for doing it. I'm gonna need you to put it down. But-
1: the phone down even though it's an ipod touch because i don't like having a smartphone guys who else can make sipping thin gravy so sexy oh my god D- uh, davari is so cute and hot i love him i was in his backyard this past week wait when how well i mean he's building this from los angeles but he's from the land of ten thousand lakes ah with the butter No, with the uh, Prince and
0: uh, (laughs) Harmar superstars of the world. I cannot believe you found a second reference.
1: Well, I could have said like the rhyme sayers (laughs) and then just listed atmosphere, slug, idea and abilities and just kept going down the like rappers I know from Minneapolis, St. Paul area.
0: Sure. But we don't have that kind of time. So thank you for not.
1: I love both these dudes so I didn't care who won. I liked uh, something Vampiro says saying uh, t- talking how like he likes Tejano because he grew up needing to kick someone's ass just to eat lunch. Yeah, and respect. Says offhandedly Delavari. That sounds like a
0: piece of wrist jewelry. <laughs> he also has uh uh striker mentions Davarius saying in control. Vampiro mm-hmm. mentions, yeah, most likely thanks to mommy and daddy's money. See, I don't like that stuff. You don't like it you don't like control? I like the I like I like the idea of I like comparing control in a wrestling match to control in the greater world. Oh oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Like cause that's also how how does he have the kind of power to wrestle in Obviously, we know uh, him, uh, Davari, as a trained wrestler who's been around for years. But in this story, he's just a rich kid. Yeah. Like, he's never wrestled a day in his life. The only reason he's here is because he has the control to with mommy and daddy's money.
1: Hey, when you do have money, you do have an upper hand because you're like, oh, I can just do whatever I want. I don't need to have a day
0: job and train to be a professional wrestler. I can just train to be a professional wrestler. Pretty much. Yeah, I could just kind of follow. It's a lot easier to have hobbies when you have money. Uh-huh. That's an unfortunate truth. But let's get to the end of this match. Well, the match doesn't really have much of an end. Tejano wins by disqualification when Big Rip no clips onto the apron and Lariat Tejano dead at 3 minutes 53 seconds. Three seconds shorter than the initial, which was supposed to be kind of a squash match than the first match. But Big Rick is now aligned with Davari because he's got that money. Yeah, Davari demands the ref count uh, count anyway, despite the disqualification. Big Rick shoves the referee down and forces this mockery of a three count. The crowd accuse first. They accuse Davari's glass of thin gravy being apple juice. <laughs> I love that. apple juice, apple juice, thin and then gravy, thin gravy. Then we get the selling out chant as well. Davari sips his thin gravy while Big Rick rubs his thumb and index finger together because fuck yeah, he's sold out that money. I hated the DQ
1: of this, but I loved the pin because Daivari just is like lounged out on Tejano unconscious uh,
0: unconscious, and it's just so it's so good. I would have. It makes sense. Them putting this in the middle. Because it's not a great match, it you know pushes things forward. Uh, it brings Big Rick into the equation, uh, which I think is actually it's great for Davari to have a heavy, you know, to have a sort of heater like Big Rick, and it makes sense. And it was nice that they really didn't have to address it because we knew from last week, and we knew everything Big Rick has been about that. Yeah, he would agree to work with Davari for money. Like that's like like that's been set up so clearly in his character, thus thus Far- Thes- Farley cousin to chris that we don't we didn't need a big long explanation like that that felt nice that felt good it's just hard to have both of these sub four minute matches like it's weird like there are episodes where they, they will they will do this where there's just not a lot of wrestling and there's a lot of story yeah i guess i kind of wish they'd split it up a little bit maybe they maybe this wasn't the episode that marty debuts where even they have like a five minute, but like a banger, just exposition, exhibition, and then they have this second match, and then they before they get into this third match, like the main event is phenomenal. Oh, but it's weird that there's just these two. I don't want to say stinkers; they're just not designed to do great. Yeah. Well, you said Big Rick was a heater.
1: I used to be a
0: heater. Did you know that? You know, used yeah. I used to stand at the corner and go. And then uh, single mothers would drape their clothes over you to dry when the actual mm-hmm. dryer was busted.
1: I'd eat a whole bunch of pasta before bed, and then mm-hmm. my spouse, either Nicole or previous, would say, "Yeah, man, you uh, you radiate heat." And then I'd say, "Oh, I don't know why. I guess that's just my body." No, James, it's because you would eat pasta, just so much <laughs> pasta or pizza, right before bed. Because I stopped doing that, and guess what? I'm I'm cool
0: during the night. Hell yeah, baby. I mean, and hey, for the summer. Hey, you're cool to me all the time. I'm cool spot. Ah, yeah. There is a very nice sort of kids in the hall, Mr. Show style cut, where after the match, we kind of like swoop into Dario's office. He moves from his peaky little blinders, where he watches the wrestling, to sit down so that he may better clench his fists.
1: Uh, Have you – so Mr. Show was very revolutionary from transitioning from scene to scene in cool ways. On I think it was an old comedy, Bang Bang, they were talking about that because Scott Ackerman wrote for the show. And Mm -hmm. people would be like, yeah, man, it's so cool, this and that. And uh, like how did you do that? And they're like, well, either we immediately knew a good way to transition from scene to scene or we would just do the cop-out and it was someone watching something on TV. And then – after them saying that, uh, the
0: whoever asked about it was like, oh, yeah, that is how you guys did a lot of those. <laughs> it's one of the few times where the question of, like, how did you guys do that is very disappointing. Uh-huh. Actually, there's another time of—I've always liked this. It's from the Mick Foley—Mick Foley's first book, Have a Nice Day, where he talks about, like, growing up and being a huge Terry Funk fan. Terry Funk from the, you know, golden days of the territory, Texas, a lot of southern NWA stuff— Huge Japanese uh star, one of the big Gaijins uh in Japan for many years for many companies. Hey, Sean, real quick, do you think I'd make a good gaijin? Um here's the here's the problem. You're actually very likable. People love you and Gaijins are villains. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So I think the answer is actually no.
1: All right. Well, listeners will remember that I've asked Sean this so many times whenever we bring up Gaijin, and every
0: single time Sean forgets that this is a bit. What are we doing? Oh no! All right, Terry Funk. So Cactus talks about how he's he finally gets this first match with Terry, um, and he's so excited. He, uh, and he's the most the thing he's most excited about is how is to learn how Terry does this beautiful punch this beautiful just punch the face it looks amazing every time how does he do it so well every time and he's in the corner terry comes in he winds up and he just punches him in the head <laughs> <Yeah>. as <laughs> hard as he can
1: i was like this the only way this story can end is it's just
0: a real punch right yeah it's just one of those times where it's like it's like a sweet moment and they've become they, they very quickly became like very good friends but part of part of that is that kill your idols moment of like oh yeah i guess you do cut to the tv a lot of the times
1: Oh, is Terry Funk who trained
0: Steven Seagal for stage fighting? Not for stage fighting. He trained Steven Seagal for pooping his pants. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fuck Steven Seagal. If it's not, we haven't said it enough yet. Fuck Uh, Steven Seagal. uh, Because one, he is a
1: chud uh, of a man, but also on set. Why does his punches look so real? Because he's literally punching stuntmen.
0: Yeah, he's terrible to work with. He's a terrible person, and he's terrible to work with. And people will be like, well, then why do stunt people work with him? He works
1: almost exclusively, Mm -hmm. at least from the last I heard, in not America. So these are probably people who need the work. Don't know what Steven said, Se- like they remember Steven Seagal as an 80s and 90s action star.
0: We get to work with him. Uh oh, yeah. he's just punching me straight in the sternum. Yeah, and why did he get to work with all those people in the 80s and 90s? Mob connections. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Steven Seagal has always sucked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Under Siege fans. But back to Dario, who is sitting at his desk, clenching his fists. Maybe getting a handy from a mysterious sets of hands? No, it's a ruse! The hands were Katrina's, and they were reaching for the key around his neck.
1: Dang it, I thought you were going to say it's a rouge, you know, say
0: that big titted bat from Sonic, yes please. Oh man, that'd be a s- If you could get a handy from any Sonic character, why is it rouge? Uh, it's not.
1: Really? No, it'd probably be uh, Sally Acorns or Amy. I think
0: they're so cute. They're very cute. I still kind of want a handy from Rouge.
1: No, you want a handy from, uh, what's her name? The metallical, like, half-robotic
0: rabbit lady? I never read the comics. Uh, Her name is Bunny. Okay. But I don't really know the characters outside of, like, being able to recognize them. So I don't really know Bunny. I don't have an emotional connection to Bunny. Like I do Rouge the Bat, who I want to receive a handy from. This could also be from the cartoon show, but but Mm what I was implying is you want her robotic arm to jack you off. James, don't tell me from which anamorphic furry character I want to receive a handjob from. I know in my heart and my brain heart from which Sonic character I most wish to receive a handy from. And it's Tails Prower. Ooh! Katrina... Has appeared in the office. She's reaching for the key around his neck and she's letting, and she's here to let uh, t- t- to let Dario know that if it's a sacrifice he wants, a sacrifice he'll get when Mil Muertes comes back more powerful than ever. And Dario's like, that's cool. I like that shit. Next week, Phoenix versus Mil Muertes in a, well, Katarina, what do you have in mind? And she's like, well, let me whisper death match in your ear then vanish into the night while you bite down real horny style on your fist like a cartoon wolf he came from the thought of a death match dude i'm very curious to what a lucha underground death match will be because i because the i mean the casket match was brutal that was a brutal match that was the masks were ripped apart everyone just bled buckets fuck this is gonna be a problem I'm excited, but this is going to be a problem. Meanwhile, at a rail yard, Black Lotus, the woman whose family was killed by Dario's brother monster, wanders in all black with an overnight bag. I don't know where we are, but I know where I must go. Black Lotus has finished her journal and therefore must leave it behind for her trainer slash kidnapper, El Dragon Azteca. He reads by candlelight... When a voice comes in while on the last page. If you don't want her to die, you're going to need my help. That help coming from Chavo Guerrero, baby!
1: And remember in the last 28 episodes we've done a a a turn of our thoughts Chavo, on Chavo. Chavo. First we're like Chavo, oh man you Chavo. should shit in his goddamn duffel bag, but now we're like man he's real cool. He's on the side of good, maybe not really, just um the side of preserving his
0: family's legacy in Mexico and safety. Uh, if you remember the last time we've seen Chavo, the entire country of Mexico has put a hit out on him mm-hmm. for what he did, to us, for what he's been doing to, uh, uh, legends. He's been trying to unmask blow Damon jr. He's just been being a real shit to a uh, pimpy as well. So i love that. It's not that Chavo is coming back as a hero and they even acknowledge Chavo acknowledges our families have a rich history, a bloody history, but a rich history. And El Dragon Azteca immediately just shoots back, "Your family are liars and cheaters. I, can- Dragon Azteca, cannot trust Chavo, but Chavo needs something. El Dragon Azteca is still respected enough that he can clear Chavo's name. Like it's a mutually, you don't you don't have to be able to trust me. There is something very mutually beneficial. I need my name cleared, so it's kind of." I mean, it's tricky. It's a little bit of this, uh, I don't know why this metaphor, this this uh, sort of parable has been dropped a lot recently, but the scorpion and the frog. Are you familiar with that one?
1: Yeah, that scorpion says, yeah, man, I'll ride on your back. And the frog says, oh, but I'm scared you'll, you'll sink me. And he's like, no, I won't. And then they start going across and he's like, hey, you're not going to sting me and sink us. And he's like, no. Nah. And then he does. And he's like, no, you doomed us both. And he said, hey, that's what scorpions do.
0: Perfect. That's a little, that's a little bit what's happening here, but they have to cross the river and they have to make sure Black Lotus stays safe. So the frog, El Dragon Azteca, clinky drinks with this scorpion, Chavo Guerrero, and Chavo vows to protect Black Lotus, uh, like his own familia.
1: Yeah, because I think it was Chavo who said, our family is, has a legacy of liars, cheaters. Oh, well, the Chavo name is associated with liars, cheaters, but above all else, family.
0: Yeah, the Guerrero name. Oh, yes, Um, yes, yes, yes.
1: Not the Chavo name.
0: Yeah, The Chavo. All Chavos. No. Because, of course, yeah, the famous, which is a very nice way to sort of, like, tie in with Eddie and his work and their work together tagging in the WWE. Their theme song, of course, being We Lie, We Cheat, We Steal, but also being very tied. Like, that's the... Being very tied to Familia, being very tied to Viva La Rasa. It was so fun to see them when they were together, of them being like, we will cheat and lie to everyone but each other. Unless Chavo has to turn heel, in which case, whatever. But there was such like, but it's us against the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, to, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see Chavo come back. This was some Mortal
1: Kombat type shit, even though, hey, Chavo never left. He is a producer of this show. Sure. I'm, I'm very excited to see Chavo come back on screen. Uh huh. And I do like the I'll clear your debt, but you must protect her with your life. That was the last thing we see. And then they go on hanging out, and we get into our final matchup.
0: A trios championship ladder match. The crew versus the odd thruple. Ugly is as ugly does. And Vampiro promises this match will be ugly. Uh, And ladies
1: love cool Angelico. Yeah. LL cool A. I know I said
0: his name white as hell. (laughs) He's very sexy. The crew come out first, of course. The odd thruple come out and are jumped at the top of the ramp. Like they barely get out the door before the crew jumps them. And Ivelisse is still on crutches, which I did not expect that to be the case. There's like a real awkward stare down with her and Bale who just stand there because like, is she cleared to perform? I, can I wrestle her? Eventually she does make her way down the stairs according to Might striker with the spirit of Willis Reed. 1970 NBA champion from New York Knicks, who appeared in Game 7 after tearing a muscle in his thigh. Trivia! Sean, why do I have this down? The crew is Pikachu, electric
1: and mousy. That's a great question. <laughs> they are very mousy. I should have put down the crew is Voltorb, electric and
0: ballsy. Mm-hmm. And then the odd is Electrode. Electric and self destructive. Wait, well, I mean, that's also vo- Voltorb. Does he learn self destruct as Voltorb? I thought he doesn't learn until he evolves.
1: Uh, no, you just have to keep leveling up.
0: Okay, okay. So you keep pressing that B button every time your Pokemon tries to have evolve, and he will not. Ooh, the me
1: on a Friday is yeah. Electabuzz.
0: Electric and stoned. <laughs> that's funny because the me on a friday is ash ketchum i call my mother and i sent i ask her how she's doing and sometimes she will send me money oh hell yeah but money you Uh, earned
1: that for some weird reason she mm. is holding on to yes yes of course that's that
0: that let's go with that (laughs) son of havoc and angelico clear the ring pull out a ladder and Bale punches Evilice in the face. Uh, it is such a wild series of cuts of just like, yeah, wrestling, wrestle, good guys, and then Bale's just like, you know what? Fuck it, and finally punches this this woman on one leg in the face. Good. Striker clarifies she's in the match. That's fair. It's that's fair. Someone has to punchy police in the face. Bale was just the first one brave enough to do it. I guess what would have been, like, the more respectable thing to do is just pull her crutches away. I guess. (laughs) Yeah, there's no, like, good thing.
1: As I was thinking, I was like, yes, this would just remove her crutches, like, take her crutches away. But then
0: I'm like, no, James, that's a really fucked up thing to do. Everything is, the fact that she's work, if she, I don't know how legit this injury is. If she's legit working on one leg, that's real fucked up. Yeah. That's like, that's scary fucked up.
1: I guess like if you were to be walking on the street and you saw someone with crutches and someone came up to them, what would be more fucked up? Them getting punched in the face or someone just grabbing
0: their crutches and just ripping them away? That's so hard. I th- I almost want to say the crutches because crutches are expensive. Yeah. Like it, dep- like it depends how hard you're punching someone in the face too. Like if you're punching someone in the face to like break a jaw... That's real fucked up.
1: I feel like punching them in the face, you're like, oh, they probably deserve this. There's some business going on here. But pulling away the crutches is being ableist and just
0: kind of like shitting on someone's disability. Did I ever tell you about that time at the at my local lawn fate for my local church where there were three of us? We were probably like you uh, we were in high school. Can you go back? What is a lawn fate? So a lawn fete is like a very small carnival. Oh, okay, okay. Usually churches will put them on as fundraisers. Mm. So like, yeah, it'll be like carnival, like you know, small carnival games. There's like a little mini putt thing. Mostly it'll be a series of games. Okay. And if you're a real a really nice place, maybe there's like a scrambler ride. Oh. I know. So we found a pair of crutches. I don't remember why, but we found a pair of crutches, and so we would just kind of like set up different spots in the lawn fete. For my friend Justin to start crutching along, and then I would run up behind him, steal one of the crutches, like, from under his leg, uh, and he would catch himself and then chase me waving the other crutch in the air, like, full running on both feet. And this poor woman, we did we did that, we ran in the corridor... And we don't have anywhere else to go. So we just come back to the lawn fade. And she's like, she's still there. We're like, I believed you. Uh Uh-huh. I believed you. I have a
1: story just like that. (laughs) Except I was a child. So my brother's (laughs) sister and I, this is really fucked up. Even though like it seems like, hey, we're just like two kids. We're three kids during the summertime out in front of our house. We put like a bunch of, it might have been just fake blood from Halloween and, like, made us looked bruised up. It could have been ketchup as well. All over ourselves and, like, mangled ourselves in our bike and just laid out front in front of a telephone pole. And waited for people Ooh. to walk by to see how they'd react. And the first people to walk by were an older couple, and they're like, "Oh my god, do you? We need to call an ambulance!" And we immediately were like, "Oh no, we run out." And we're like, "No, no, no, this was. We're just, we're just messing. We're messing. We're okay." And it then was a ruse. It they was a ruse. We're so upset. They're like, "Don't you do that? This, this could. You could have gotten in trouble. This and that." And we're like, "Okay, sorry, and never did it again." No.
0: <laughs> it's so vivid in my mind of that instance. You know what I want to see? Unlike that, what I want to see happen again and again and again yeah. is that Helico rip that shirt off, climb the ladder. All the ladies go, "Oh yeah!" This was my ladies' love, cool, and Helico. Yes, yes, yes. It's a, it's a lot of back and forth. Like a lot of it, son of havoc, and Helico, because Evelise cannot work so much because she mm-hmm. has one good leg. Why is she in this match? Havoc sets up the ladder. Castro and Cisco double stomp DDT combo onto Havoc, and Helico stops the crew from winning. Pretty much because yeah, it's two on three. Yeah. So he stops them from winning, but he's still getting double teamed. He get uh, he gets thrown outside. Cisco bounces his head off of the boards that are boarding up the window from Dario's office. Then he rips off the boards and just starts whapping him with it. Why is Dario on the phone right now? He should be watching this. Always. He was on the phone last week, too, when, uh, when, Al, when Mundo threw Alberto through the window. I think he picks up the phone to pretend like he's busy when, the camera, when he knows the camera's on him.
1: I like that you can hear him faintly say, "Yeah, can I call you back?" and then hangs up the phone,
0: and then just, just sipping on his thin gravy, looking yeah. out, saying, "Hell yeah!" I think because I think he's talking to like sponsors or someone else who's watching the show. Because he also, you could also hear him faintly say, "Why? What's going on?" Oh, okay. Like there's not just an absolute fucking bloodbath out outside. And
1: real quick, like, huh? Dario yeah. might be the like hottest man in Lucha Underground.
0: Oh, that's hard because we all we just saw Ed Helico take his shirt off. I
1: know, but it, except when and he's Puma. being a weasel, the way mm-hmm. he carries himself. Maybe I just like this actor, and we need to watch him in more stuff. But I enjoy this man. That's
0: he's awesome. I do not blame you. I also enjoy this man. What I do not enjoy is Castro setting up these tables. While Helico gets beaten with window boards, is set up on the double, so it's two tables outside, and Helico gets put onto the table, and Cisco begins climbing a ladder that is set up on the outside. So it's a ladder, two tables, all outside of Dario's office, uh, and Helico comes to just in time to realize where he is, kicks Castro off tips the ladder that Cisco is on and Cisco tumbles through the hole where a window used to be mm-hmm. into Dario's office. Mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Eventually. Uh, so there's now, by at this point there are three tables set up. There is one table in the ring, um, which we sort of skim past and then two tables on the outside. None of them broken. Eventually we see uh, bail try to power bomb havoc through one of the tables Havoc slips out, but then Cisco flies out of the office window, suicida style. This match is insane. Oh, and yeah. And this is like their second gear. Like, we're not even in the final act. Castro climbs, Havoc cuts him off. Havoc climbs, he gets thrown off the ladder, but lands on the rope and springboard moonsaults Cisco on his way down. Eventually, Havoc sets up Cisco on the table. Bale tries to cut him off. Havoc kicks him off from the top rope to the outside through the two tables. We have eliminated two of our three tables. There is one left and there is a son of havoc on the top rope perched in shooting star position. He flies. And this is one of the scariest landings I've ever seen. And because they just nailed that last table spot, they had to keep this shot. He kind of lands. Like, I feel like son of havoc landed on his head and neck instead of his full body mm-hmm. on the shooting star press and the, and does not break the table. Yeah. Which is brutal. Like from what I've heard, I've gone through very few tables in my life, but the only thing, the thing more painful than going through a table is when the table does not break. Yep. So be, and, and that all that landing on your head and your neck instead of your, like your torso is that's, it that was very scary. Thankfully he's, he, he is fine the table sort of just fl- flips over cisco rolls out son of havoc you take a nap you deserved it you're done you're good i, th- I think we sort of skipped past this at some point oh yeah because it was when the tables were on the outside what angelico's plan was uh was to jump climb the ladder to the top of the office and then from the office jump through the double tables mm-hmm. if only Castro, if only Castro was not there with a candlestick and beat the shit out of Angelico, oh. like real, like real mean-looking. So, so son of havoc almost broke his neck. He's done. Angelico is left in a pile of human flesh on top of the office, and all that's left for now is Castro to start climbing the ladder. We got it. Finally, we're here, boys. New trios champions, the crew. All Castro does is need to reach for the titles, but the problem is they left Anholico on top of the office. And you don't do that. Running shotgun drop kick from the office into from the roof of the office into the ring, knocking Castro off the ladder. Insane. Fucking brutal. And who's the only person left standing on one leg? Evelise <laughs> climbs the ladder, uh, and Helico goes to like hold the ladder for her. But he's like, he can't, he can't get above his stomach. He's just like on his stomach, holding the ladder steady, while Bale crawls over, and Helico tries to get up to where Evelise is. She bites his fingers. Reaches for the titles, pulls one down, ring the damn bell, ladies and gentlemen, and still your trio's champions, the odd Thruple. Uh, after the match, Son of Havoc pulls Cisco down the ladder entirely, bitten fingers and all. The team climbed the ladder together, they pulled down all the belts, and it's a feel good moment for the ages. Oh, love to see it!
1: They're the best. This team up is so good, and I hope. The next time we see them, Ivelisse is in full tip-top shape because she's a great wrestler. I want to see her wrestle.
0: She's phenomenal. Like, the team is phenomenal. And I really hope, I really hope she heals because one of these weeks I will do my job and re- actually research it. Because if she's, like, like it, it's so unfair and it's so unlucky if she got actually injured mm-hmm. as soon as she won those belts. That sucks. Yeah. But,
1: hey, them's the breaks, baby. And by the breaks, I mean we got to break this podcast and do some plugs.
0: I love it. And just like you will love it if you come over to twitch.tv slash and and we'll talk about our feelings and shit. Get sweaty with me on Twitch.tv/goosevonkaiser.
1: Yeah, hey guys, June third—it's a Saturday. I am doing a six-hour live stream from noon to six PM because my wisdom teeth need out, and my insurance does not cover it all. I need to raise three hundred and fifty dollars. All right, that's the goal, and each fifty dollars. Uh, we do. I'm going to take a bite from the Pocky one chip challenge. People are like, "Oh, you're going to do seven chips? No, I, I'm doing like, come on, guys. No one else yeah. is just eating the whole chip besides a few people. Most people are just taking a nibble because that will burn your mouth. However, yeah, someone, on, guys. someone has already donated a very large sum, $300. If we can get 350 in the first hour I will do the whole
0: chip at once you got it call to action Mm -hmm. the challenge has been laid at your feet will you pick it up or will you flee like the cowards I know you not to be? So ways you can donate
1: right now, you, there's links in the description. Or just wait, go to follow us, twitch.tv forward slash mostly speak sentai at mostly speak and sentai on YouTube or at MSS pod on Facebook to be up to date and see it go live right when it does. Yay. Yay. Also, I have a single coming out on June 2nd. Yes. That would be the the, that Friday. Oh, no. June 9th. I apologize. June 9th. I'm going to be promoting the heck out of it. Follow me on TikTok, Marshland Monster. It's called Pulpit Aesthetic. It's a Mullum House remix of my song, Pulpit Aesthetic, wherever music is found. Listen to that. Listen to the Dragon Boy Suede stuff. Another Dragon Boy Suede collab is coming out in July as well. So a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline and coming in your ass. Go to MLMPod.com to find out information about my other podcasts. Give us a five-star iTunes review or Spotify review, please. It truly helps helps someone found our podcast recently because they just searched sentai and we were one of the first ones to come out because or come up i should say uh because you know uh it got bumped up in the feed so please Yahoo. check all that stuff out and patreon.com forward slash mlm pod where for five dollars a month you get exclusive content every single friday this week we are doing terrifier two as a follow-up to our terrifier one Episode that I did for Lil Corey's birthday, and it's June again. He's b- another year older. So please check all this stuff out. And if you're a $10 patron, you get exclusive content monthly. Sean's been on a lot of that stuff. Most recently, Invisible Dad. And you Yay. gotta come over and watch The Lost Empire with us. We watched that Friday oh, no. and that movie is wild.
0: It's the same Great. director as Chopping Mall. Awesome. And real quick, I'm an idiot. When Johnny Mundo winks at the camera in his interview and says, but you already knew that. That's Alberto's catchphrase. Oh! He's a cheeky little
1: bastard, that one. Hell yeah, and speaking of cheeky little bastards, $10 patrons also get exclusive (laughs) shoutouts on every single free feed podcast. So let's begin with those, starting with Steve F. They're a joke. (laughs) Eric Merri of Ranger Command Power Hour. Treat them like a joke. Alex Z the Waz. They're a
0: joke.
1: Orion, a.k.a. formerly rapper Defoe, he will be making music in the future. Treat him like a joke. Jordan B, the Chaos Witch. They're a joke. Joshua, my bar- b- my bickle brother-in-common-law. Treat him like a joke. Steve Barnes, a sweet child of time. Wheel of Time is coming back in September,
0: so be on the lookout. I'm back with him. And they may be coming back, but they're a joke. My mother. I would never treat your mother like a joke. Shouts out to Margie.
1: Little Corey's true. BFF and roommate, former soon, Shane. They're a joke. That fed. Treat him like a joke. Twitch.tv forward slash core winning. It's Corwin. They're a joke. And of the rom complex and formulaic and of twitch.tv forward slash r2shelby2, it's r2shelby2. Treat him like a joke. I've been James. And I've been Sean. See you guys. Bye. Bye. But you already knew that. That's what we should have said after we said yes. our names. Ah, uh, true. Dang it. Oh. Bye. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah!